Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Family, I cannot wait for this new series in November entitled Thanks for Giving living in extreme generosity. And so what we're going to do is we're gonna focus on three things, stewarding your time, stewarding your talents, stewarding your treasure, and leveraging it all for the kingdom of God. And then November the 20th, we're gonna take up a miracle offering. Every penny that we take in is going to go back into our community and give huge bonuses for those great organizations that we support as a church. It's gonna be great and I can't wait. Hey Waterhouse Church, thanks for giving. Hey, Waterhouse Church, thank you. Thank you. Waterhouse Church, thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing in Spain. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Waterhouse Church, thank you so much for giving to the Parker County Center of Hope. You don't know what you touch, church. You don't know who you influence just by being generous and just by giving a little bit of your money, a little bit of your time, a little bit of your talents. You don't know who you reach. And and, and we like to think of church as a local church with a global outreach. And, you know, we partner with missionaries to send them out around the world. We partner with paraministries in our community that knock it out of the park, that do an amazing job. Grace House Center of Hope do an amazing job at what they do. And so we want to equip them. We want to give them everything they need to do what God has said in their heart. And so as a church, we get to do that. We all partner to make this community better. Amen. All right. Some of us are happy about that. That's good. You all should be more alive. Like you got an extra hour of sleep. Man, that's good. Um, but I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you so much for your generosity, for giving. Thank you so much for your time. For those that serve, we love you. We thank you for serving. And to remind you, November 13th, we're doing our Thanks for Giving party for, your, for those that serve. So if you haven't signed up for this yet, you need to sign up for it. You should have got an email. You should have got a notification saying, hey, we need you to RSVP for this Thanksgiving party that's going to be at Film Alley on November 13th. So this is for you and your kids, not grandpa, grandma. This is just for you and your kids. Um, If if you want to come to that, we would love to have you. We're going to bowl, and we're going to eat, and we're going to have a good time, and we're going to give away lots of stuff. And we're just going to take a moment to say thank you and to share all that God's done through your work, through your ministry. When people give their life to Christ, it's not because the pastor preached a good message or the worship team did a good song set. It's because everybody in the church pitched in and did their part. 
And so thank you for that. Thank you for, for giving your time. Thank you for giving your talent and your treasure. It's making a huge difference. And so I just want to thank you all for being here this morning. And, you know, while we we're up here playing, I thought these people probably think we're crazy. Um, maybe online you're watching, oh, these people are crazy. No, we're not crazy. We're convinced. All right, we're convinced that there is a God in heaven, that there is that Jesus is who he says he is, and that he does what he says he does. And so we're convinced, and so we cannot help but believe in what we say and what we do. We do this because we're convinced. And because we're convinced, we're more than happy to give whatever we have for the kingdom of God. And so we, I want you to welcome Lee Lee as one of our elders. He's also uh, very influential in our, our men's ministry, leads our men's ministry, and he's just one of the greatest men I know. Hello. There we go. One, one of the greatest men that I know and a good friend. And so he's going to talk to us a little bit about how we can steward our time and use it for God's glory. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Lee. Amen. Thank you. Testing, testing. There we go. Thank you, Pastor Neil. Today we're talking about being thankful for our time, for your time, for all that uh, you do, and how we can steward our time well. So we have a couple of questions to start off today's sermon, and that's how are you stewarding your time? And what are the consequences of not stewarding your time well? So we all need Jesus, and we all know there's others out there that need Jesus just as much. Psalms 90.10 says, You've limited our lifespan to a mere 70 years. Yet some you have given grace to live still longer, but even the best of years are marred by tears and tools, and in the end are nothing more than a gravestone in a graveyard. We've gone so quickly, so swiftly, we pass away, simply disappear. From the time we were born, we entered a race. A race that seems like it's till the death. We just keep going and going and going. We rush to work. We rush to school. We rush to church. We rush everywhere. Uh, seems like everything's spinning out of control a lot of times. But in the past, generations before us, it seemed like they had more time, uh, possibly because they didn't have as quick of vehicles or modes of transportation or uh, whatever it might be. But uh, why aren't we racing uh, towards Christ and uh, the race that he gave us to, to run? In James 4.14, it says, but you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring for your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air visible in the cold for a moment, but it van vanishes. So our life is but a vapor. 
It's just here and it's gone so quickly. So I want to make sure that everyone that is here today is saved. If, the, if you have not chosen Christ, then uh, hopefully the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart that you are convinced as we are of what He has done in our life and that you will choose to follow Him today as well. Because life is so short, let the Holy Spirit speak to you throughout today's message. And here at the end, we're going to have the prayer team come up on either side. And you can come up and they can pray with you. Ephesians 5.16 says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Why did I choose this Bible verse? It is because the devil or the deceiver is going to try to convince you that it's okay to go up there and get prayed for, just not today. And I have to tell you that to, tomorrow's not promised. Make the choice. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading. For you people out there, in Facebook land or YouTube that's watching online. You may have already said yes. And uh, there may be people here in the congregation today that's just uh, saying, hey, I've already said yes to the Lord. I've got my card. I'm carrying, you know, I'm a card-carrying Christian. I'm riding this uh, seat and... As long as I come every Sunday and check that box, I'm good. But I have to tell you that riding that uh, Christian gravy train is not what we're called to do. It's not checking the box because your security ticket is punched. I'm not trying to judge you or convince you of anything that the Holy Spirit wouldn't do as well. You have times, talent, time, talents, and treasures that Christ has given you. What are you doing with them? Are you stewarding that time well? What could you be doing more with your time? Volunteering here at the church? doing other ministry outside of the church, lifting someone up. An African proverb says, one hand will never build a house. A French proverb says, union makes strength. An English proverb says, two heads are better than one. And the Bible says, a rope is made of three cords that's made of three cords is hard to break. That's Ecclesiastes 4.12. These proverbs are all true. To build a house, it takes many hands, but the mason cannot do the job all by himself. Christ said, I will build my church, but he has called us to do the work with him 
in this great task. Each and every one of us has a part to play. Intentionally serving is not showing up on Sunday mornings and saying, I'm here, I might as well serve. It's making a way, making time to volunteer, put yourself down with a leader and say, hey, I would like to serve in this area. I would like to serve in this ministry. We don't have that ministry what can we do to form that ministry, become a paraministry of the church, to help out, to lead others towards Christ, to show the love and the grace and the mercy that we've already received? It might be a little bit blunt to say that you need to quit riding that seat you need to get grounded and choose to follow Jesus, which was the greatest example. In Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve everyone and give his life as a ransom price for the salvation of many. You see, Jesus took time to serve others. He took time for prayer, for healing. One story that I'm reminded of is the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man. As Jesus was walking down a road, a bunch of people were around him, and uh, he looks up in the sycamore tree and there's Zacchaeus. He calls him by name and says, Today I will be a guest in your home. So Jesus took the time to be a guest in someone's home. He took the time to have dinner with a sinner. He took the time to bring salvation to that home. Jesus in his limited time here on earth made time for others. Just as a man here in the congregation has for me personally, uh, David Benton, and we'll talk about him a little later. So once again, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, maybe you need to come up to the altar later and rededicate your life. Maybe you need to start serving. Maybe you need to ask the Lord what it is that you're supposed to be doing to better steward your time. Jesus was crucified. He died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. He, one day soon, will be able to show us the time that he spent on the cross 
for each and every one of us. I believe that he's going to be able to show us the time by the scars on his hands and his feet and in his side. In Acts 20, 35, it says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak, for we must always cherish the words of the Lord Jesus Christ who taught giving brings far greater blessing than receiving. That was Jesus' example of stewarding time. So back in 2014, I had a heart attack, and I spent some time in the hospital, some unexpected time, some scary time, and I was highly blessed to have people from the church, from work, from other parts of life come visit me, spend time. Some prayed. I've since then had the same opportunity to do so for others when they've been in the hospital or sick at home, maybe uh, lost a loved one, to be able to serve them with my time. And what an honor it was. I'm not saying anything, these things to boast about myself, but that is how we steward our time well, is spending time with others. We steward our time well when we make time to love on others, whether they're in the hospital or sick or wherever they might be. They may not remember the words, just as I don't, you know, I just remember their presence. So knowing that we're all human, what is it about our personal time that makes us so selfish? A lot of times we don't want to give freely of our time. We want to uh, keep it to ourselves. Sometimes when our mom or dad calls, we may hit the ignore button, say, ah, I'll call them back later. I know I've done it. I recently lost my mother, won't be able to talk to her again. So how do we steward our time well with our family members, our friends, We make a way. We pick up that phone. We spend time while we have it at home. We steward that time well. What about our time at work? <clears throat> I've been known to be selfish with my time and, and get super laser focused and 
uh, not give time for anyone else. Uh, not just because I need to make money, but I'm focused on whatever this job might be to get it over with or to get another project in or to uh, help others out uh, when they're, they're swamped and to get these jobs going and not making time for others. But David Benton, that I mentioned earlier, made time for me in the beginning of my mechanic career and showed me how to steward our time well, to be more efficient at our jobs. That way we can have time to help others and to show our special techniques and uh, patience and wisdom to bless others with our time. And that's what he did. He helped me uh, to know my place and to follow the example that he set. He took the time to bless me with prayer a prayer of blessing over my tools, my work area, my time, and dedicated me, and I dedicated myself to the Lord. And it has done nothing but uh, bless the time that I'm there to be more of an example of what Christ is and has done for me. Colossians 4, 5 says, Walk in the wisdom of God as you live before unbelievers and make it your duty to make Him known. So how, how do we do that? We use our wisdom in work in our place, our duty station for Christ. We share Him every chance and every opportunity we get. We love on others as we've been loved. That's stewarding our time uh, at work. Christopher Flores uh, posted on Facebook here recently, why does service have to be seen as a sacrifice? If you change your perspective, then service can be changed to purpose. And that purpose can turn into passion, which can make you unstoppable. When you're dedicated to the Lord and you've dedicated your place, then you are unstoppable. Because if Christ is with you, who can be against you? So this is an example of 
stewarding your time well to encourage others. Uh, met a couple here this morning that said that they heard about us on a Facebook group. Praise God. The Lord works through social media regardless of what other people might think. First Peter said, uh, 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That is the Christian life. That's what it's about, is Christ came. He healed you. He set you free. He has delivered you. He's made you whole. What are you going to do with this new found Christ-filled life? Are you unstoppable? Are you able to show love and grace and mercy that you received? God chased after you. You didn't chase after God. That's God's very grace. In 1 Peter 4.11, says, For example, if you have a speaking gift, speak as though God were speaking His words through you. If you have a gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength God gives you, so that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. This is obviously a time that I uh, am in a process of being trained, and I'm learning as I go. This is an opportunity for each and every one of us to see that we all have, have to grow and we all have to be led. The example that's set for me by Pastor Neil, by Karen, even our worship team, is how do we minister to others? We follow the example set before us. We use the strength God has given us and we glorify Him each and every day. So, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Is He tugging at your heartstrings? Is He telling you that you need to find a place to serve? Or have you found a place to serve and need to bring others in to serve alongside of you and you raise them up? All these points today are about time and how limited our time is. Time cannot be manufactured, so how do we begin to steward it well? We have to use the time God has given us, the limited amount of time that we have left. I know myself wasted the first 36 years of my life and now I'm doing everything I can to share the kingdom of heaven because of what it has done for me and my family and my 
loved ones, my friends, you, all of you, what God has done for you. I give him all glory. Proverbs 4.23 says, So above all things, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare, welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. What is that wellspring of life? It's Jesus Christ. I hope each and every one of you know that Jesus Christ is here today. He's with you. He's wherever you go is where he is. As I said earlier, he followed you. He chased you down. He chased after you until you surrendered your life to him. We serve others in times of prayer. Not only here the prayer team, at work, in our personal relationships, but do you have a prayer time that you have set aside to meet with Jesus? Are you praying, say, in the morning time when you wake up? Have you set aside time? Do you have a prayer closet, a prayer area, a table to sit at, Get, get rid of all the distractions and spend time with Jesus. Paul said, pray without ceasing. So that doesn't mean that when you're done with your prayer time in the morning that you hang up the phones, bye Jesus, talk to you later, you know, and you don't talk to him anymore for the rest of the day until a problem comes up. You pray continuously, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. Let the Holy Spirit lead your prayers. I promise these won't, not one moment of time will be wasted in prayer. Do not be fearful to pray for others. Prayer, whether it's being received or given, is such a blessing. Not just to you, but to them. The Lord, the Lord can speak to people through you. Get out of the way and let Him speak to others. So back to the guarding your heart. What does that mean? Jesus took time to get away from people to go and pray. It wasn't because he didn't like people. It's because he had to recenter himself with our Father in heaven. Are you doing this? Are you following Jesus' example? These are the things that we need to do to steward our time well in prayer. Today's message took time. Time with uh, Jesus, time in relationship and prayer, time with the staff members here at the church to run ideas by. Uh, it's not perfectly polished, but uh, 
Lord's still working on me. And uh, I know that y'all might think that Pastor Neil is able to just come up here without preparing and just give a message. It's possible he could, but I've seen the things in the background where it takes time, takes weeks and months, days and long hours to prepare messages. I'm so thankful for our staff and their devotion to you. The time that they take each and every week, not just guarding their hearts, but to pray for you, for me, for our community. First Thessalonians says, uh, verse uh, chapter five, verse twelve says, "We ask you, brothers, to respect those." Who labor among you, you we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. So let's break that verse down a little bit. Number one, respect the workers, especially those who are more mature in Christ, in the Lord. So we're not just talking about the staff here. We're talking about the uh, men and the women here that are more mature in the Lord than you are. Highly esteem them. Number two is esteem or admire them. Uh, Show them your love for their works that they do. Show them... What they are doing is not for any other reason but to uh, help you to know your place. Number three is to admonish. That means to warn those who are idle, faint-hearted, or weak. The idle are the ones that are possibly avoiding work or lazy. I've been there. I rode my seat for a very long time. It wasn't over here. It was back here, over here. But uh, I kind of hid amongst the people, you know, uh, for a very long time until I finally realized that there are men and women that are doing jobs that, I could possibly do to to help them. The faint-hearted says admonish or warn the faint-hearted. That's the timid or the ones who lack courage. I think of our small group that we have at our home. We're doing an evangelism course, 
and uh, not that any of them lack courage, but possibly that, you know, they're timid, that they haven't done evangelism out in the world before. I can understand uh, how it's intimidating. I had not done it before I uh, joined up and started riding with Honorbound Motorcycle Ministries. And uh, even my wife was a little timid, you know, to possibly pray in front of others at times. But as you practice, you get better. Just like coming up here and uh, sharing the word or a small group study, we grow, we learn. We follow others' example. C is admonish or warn the weak. That's the ones who lack strength or stamina. I think of uh, people who have served here for a very long time. Uh, Miss Judy, I love her so very much, and she just does so much great work here, and she shows up every week and she cleans these bathrooms and she changes out the paper towels and she takes the trash out to the curb and she's weak because she's older but she's faithful why are we not following her example four is being patient with them all how are we to be patient with others, we encourage them, we warn them, and we assist them. We learn by their example, and we learn to work alongside them. And as they grow, we grow. We're locking arms, and we're doing this together. We need workers here for the church. Jesus said, pray for the harvest. You might think we have a great volunteer crew, and we do here at the church. But if you think that we have enough volunteers, I, I would say your vision is much smaller than what Jesus has for our church. He wants to grow our church and our effectiveness in this community, in this county, in this world. He wants to send workers out to evangelize the world. We have to be willing to do those things. Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13 says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away... It is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Why aren't we demonstrating these abilities to the world? Why aren't we 
leading, fighting the good fight. I have a quote from Jerry Clower. Some of you may have heard of him. He's an old Southern comedian, but he's a man of God. He said, What is important? Do you know at this minute, are you saved? Do you know that you are now a Christian? The Lord ain't interested in what you used to do, just what you're going to do from today forward. That's all. Next, after I get saved, I'd make sure that I'd been born again. Then I'd hunt out uh, and find a Bible-believing and teaching church. And then I'd make them a good hand. Are you ready to make them a good hand? Be faithful in what the Lord has given you, your time, talents, and treasures. Stewarding your time well with work, with family, with friends, with prayer, words of encouragement on social media or in person. I'm going to close with Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. If I can go ahead and get Christian and the prayer team, go ahead and start headed up. It says, With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before the holy God, Yahweh, You are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You've kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and you've saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. Folks, are you ready to be supercharged by Jesus? Are you ready to rededicate your life? Are you ready to follow the Holy Spirit's leading Come be a volunteer. Come be a uh, missionary. Come be a ministry partner. In the beginning of the message, I asked two questions about stewarding your time. If you're not stewarding your time well, you will fail to grow mature spiritually speaking but if you do spirit if you do steward your time well you'll get to hear god tell you welcome my good and faithful servant that's all that i have come to the prayer team the altar